0: Father, this morning as we come to the ministry of thy word, Lord, I pray, Father, our hearts are stayed on you. Our minds are stayed on you. That you would speak to us, O Lord. These are difficult times. And these are exciting times. The best of days and the worst of days. And we pray you give us that spirit of discernment. To see, Lord, what is of you and what is not of you, Lord, give us that discernment, Lord, that discernment. Let everything that is not of you keep falling away from our lives. And everything that is of you, we continue to be built stronger and stronger and stronger, Lord. That everything is being shaken and it's being shaken in the lives of your children, too. But when you are doing it in the world and in our lives, it's only for one purpose. That we may identify and we may receive something that can never be shaken. That is the kingdom of God, Lord. Help us to see what is of the kingdom and what is not of the kingdom. And only your word used by your spirit that can bring that discernment, Lord. To that purpose, I release that word today, Lord. Speak to us, speak through me, Lord, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. First text for today is John 17, verses 14 to 18. John Gospel according to John 17, 14 to 17, and after that we'll go to 1 John 5. I have given them your word. Understand the reaction, okay? Jesus is speaking. He's praying and he's proclaiming. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but I should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is the truth. Verse 18. 18. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So God says, the word divides us, whether we are of the word or whether we are of the world. And when we become of the word, Jesus says the world will hate us. He says he was not of the world, so we are not of the world. We are separated continuously by the world, by the word, from the world. And then he says, I'm not saying that you take them away from the world, but you protect us from the evil one because he rules over this world. And he says, after that, he says, I send them into the world as the father sent him into the world. 1 John 5:19 We know we are of God how do we know we are of the god by the word how we think the thoughts in our life the attitudes in our life and the very life we lead we that's how we know we are of god and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one it is from that jesus prayed lord protect them i'm sending them into the world the world hates them because the ruler of the world, the whole world is controlled by the devil and the whole world is under his power and I am sending them into the world. And 1 John 5.4. Whoever is born of God, whatever is born of God, overcomes the world. We have to, we are sent into the world for what purpose? To overcome the world. We are not sent into the world, then we don't have to overcome. Somebody who is not in the race does not win. But if you have joined the race, then you have, you either lose or win. So God has set us apart from the world, sanctified us by His word, sent us into the world, tells us the nature of the world, the whole world is under the sway of the evil one, and He says, Father, I am telling you not to take them out of the world, but to protect them from the evil one, and then He says, when you are sent into the world, please remember, everyone is, who's born of God overcomes the world. And how does he overcome? How does that victory comes? That's by faith. Okay. So that sets the background for everything that we are looking at today. And for everybody who's listening, please listen carefully, uh, because today's title or this message is about the spirit of the Antichrist. There are two powers that primarily operate in this world. One is the power of witchcraft, sorcery, the power of witchcraft. That is the religion of the fallen man. Fallen man also has a religion. The power that operates in the fallen man, the religion, the power is the power of witchcraft or sorcery. And there is another power that operates primarily in the church attacking the church very subtly but powerfully, which is the power of the Antichrist. Okay, if there is Christ, there is Antichrist. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. The one who introduces the term Antichrist to us is John, the apostle. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Okay, Even now, many Antichrists have come. So he talks about there is this Antichrist who have come. They all come with an agenda. The Antichrist is the opposite, the antithesis of who Christ is, what Christ stands for. He says from the beginning, that is from the time of the apostolic age, Antichrists have been coming. When Christ comes... Antichrist comes. When Christ is preached, there is another preaching which is actually an antithesis of everything that Christ stands for. Many Antichrists have come. But the big one is coming. The purpose or the plan behind all this Antichrist is to prepare a world that will receive the Antichrist when he is manifested in the flesh. That is the agenda behind all. And the entire preaching in the church behind The preaching from the apostolic age to the last days is to prepare the bride who will prepare, who will receive Christ when he comes. So these two agendas are working side by side. Even now, many antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not for us, of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they be made might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. So, talks about it. The effect of the power of the Antichrist within the church, John is saying that so many people in the apostolic age itself left the church. And God says, it was allowed. So you would know within the church who is of Christ and who is not of Christ. which Who is of Christ and who is of Antichrist. Otherwise you will not know. Everybody sits there together, but the word of God goes there and cuts you. And when it cuts you, some will keep on changing according to the word of God. Some will leave because of the word of God. And that is how you will know who is of Christ and who is not of Christ and who is not of Christ is of the Antichrist. And he says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Meaning for a long time they remained among us. For a long time you thought they were of us. But when they left, only you realize, oh, you were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made Manifest, meaning when they went out, the way they went out and what they became after they went out manifested they were never of Christ. So we are not talking about people primarily leaving church or moved by God from one church to another place to another church for his own. We are not talking about that. That is a move of the very spirit of Christ God will move people. Okay, you need to move from here. They understand and they move. And the church also, like Paul, when he moved from Ephesus to another place after three years, they didn't want him to leave. And then he going to Jerusalem and all. There is weeping, there is sorrow, but they know he's being moved. He's moved. Okay, like that for centuries, God has been moving his people. That's all the work of the Holy Spirit. The church knows it. The leaders, leadership knows it. The person who's moving knows it. But we are not talking about that. Okay, So you will see wherever they go, they continue in the same spirit and they are a blessing and they are growing in the Lord. We are not talking about that. But we are talking about, you know, when people leave for 2,000 years, you will see when Judas left, he was manifested. For three and a half years, he was with Christ. None of the disciples knew, only Christ knew. And he never kept, he kept his mouth shut. Never. But when he left, He was manifested. Why? He immediately went to the enemies of Christ. And he betrayed Christ. That was when He was He was manifested. What he the work of the Antichrist was manifested in him. But all the while he was with Christ, he acted like he was one of them. None of the disciples knew. None of the disciples knew. When was he manifested? When he left he left okay so please understand what it is satan's whole ambition from the beginning in isaiah 14 verse 13 and 14 isaiah. for you have said in your heart where is this happening in heaven i will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. On the furtherest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. What does he want to be? He wants to be co-equal with God. I will also be like the most high. Remember, that's what he came and tempted Adam and Eve. Also, You will also be like God. This was his ambition from the beginning, to be equal with God. That was, he was kicked out of heaven. Now God created man. The battleground becomes earth. Okay, he managed to pull one third of the angels who worship him, who are his followers and not God's followers. Now man is created the battleground day and night. His entire battle in the minds of man from Adam and Eve for 6000 years is to see that man will exalt him and not God. Okay, understand. Agenda has nothing changed. He will up worship him in different ways, but exalt him primarily and not Christ, not God. Ultimately, he will succeed. Bible says he will succeed. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And the time is very close. The time is coming. Everything has been set into motion. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is God. God or that is worship. So that he sits as God in the temple of God. Showing himself that he is God. Primarily, what is the temple of God now? It's not a building. It's man. You are the temple of God. So what is the temple of Satan? Man. If the temple of God is man, then the temple of Satan is also man. Satan also doesn't want temples. Like God doesn't want buildings. Satan also is not interested in buildings because these are all spiritual beings. God is a spirit being. He's a spirit, the original spirit. Satan is also a spirit being. He doesn't need temples and mosques and churches as buildings and all. He needs man. He needs man. And God also needs man. Okay, He says, you are my temple. The devil says, you are my temple. But the devil does not come as devil. He will lift self up. Understand the entire preaching against self is because he will lift self up. When self is seated in the temple, Satan is worshipped. He has become God. When Christ is lifted, Christ is worshipped. This is a very simple strategy of the devil and he succeeds every day, even with us. He succeeds. Every day our battle is with ourself or Christ. His intention is to replace God or Christ, who is a manifestation of God to man. In the hearts and the minds, and then in the lives of men. Ultimately, when he is successful, when he knows, it is successful. You see, in a democracy, if somebody wants to succeed, what does he need? 51% of the words. Primarily 50. More than 51, more and more and more and more and more powerful he becomes. More and more powerful it becomes. The more powerful. Well, that's how it works. That's how it works. It's as simple as it works. COVID-19 and all is not the problem. If, like say in America, 80% of the polling says that people want restrictions to be removed, they will remove the restrictions. It's always got to do with numbers. Okay. Always got to do with numbers. You see, Satan thrives in democracy. Mm -hmm. Thrives in democracy. And we don't realize we are very, very democratic in our outlook. When he has an entire set of people like that, ultimately he will manifest in the Antichrist. We do not know where the Antichrist is already there. The Antichrist is already there. We do not know. Could be there. If he are in the last minutes of the last hour, he could be there. He's just waiting to be manifested. The Antichrist will come because people will decide there is no need for the God as the Bible, the gospel preaches, and he will assert himself as the ruler of this world. The question is, but how can the world accept such a ruler? How can the church be so badly compromised that she accepts the Antichrist as Christ? But didn't it happen 2000 years ago? Where the crowd shouted, Release Barabbas. Didn't they? Release Barabbas and crucify Christ. Didn't they? The prevailing spirit of Antichrist. Remember. But John said, many antichrists have come and the antichrist is coming. There is the spirit of the antichrist in those who become part of the antichrist. Let me explain to you. First Corinthians 2.12, when the Bible talks about the spirit Now, we have received not the spirit of the world. What is the spirit of the world? The spirit of the Antichrist. Different names. Same person. Same spirit. We have not received the spirit of the world. Earlier, before we were in the world and not of Christ, we had the spirit of the world. And we didn't realize it was the spirit of the Antichrist because we did not know Christ. If you don't know Christ, you won't know Antichrist even though you are living in him and walking in him. You don't know him as Antichrist because you don't know Christ. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Okay? So there are two spirits, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, and the spirit of the world. 1 John, chapter 4. I'm building the premise, okay? Verses 1 to 3. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. How do you know who the Antichrist is? Ultimately, you will know it by the spirit of the Antichrist. Unless the spirit of the Antichrist has permeated and taken over the majority of the world, the Antichrist cannot be manifested. Okay. How do you know a person is worldly? Because you see the spirit of the world in them. Spirit of the world in them. Okay. And that is hidden, but can be seen at times. It just, just comes through the cracks. How do I know you guys haven't slept in the night? Because I see the lighting behind the curtains. It's like, okay, they're still awake. Or maybe sleeping with the lights on. They're still awake. Right? It just comes through the cracks. But what if there are no windows? You don't see. That doesn't mean it is not there. Nobody saw that in Judas. Nobody saw. Only Jesus saw. Nobody saw. Okay, Jesus had that spirit of discernment, so he already kept his mouth shut. He didn't speak about it at all. He just kept teaching. Okay. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Not the Antichrist, but the spirit of the Antichrist. John 1 7. Mhm. I think it's 2 John 7 or second John or third John. Yeah. Yeah, 2 John 7. Yeah. For many deceivers have come out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an anti Please note these things very, very carefully, all oh, my dear brethren, because this is where we get flummoxed. I'm looking for my yeah, my pen is here. So let me write. Second John, right? Second John, yeah, seven. Many deceivers have gone into the world, so it is not one deceiver. Many have gone. meaning at the core of their teaching. It's all happening in the church. At the core of their teaching is primarily saying Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Okay? Like I said, the predominant spirit that is operating, power that is operating in the world is sorcery or witchcraft. But in the church is the spirit of? Antichrist. And that's what John was saying. And that brought it and took people out. And don't worry, they were not of us. Go back to 4, that one which we are reading. 1 John 4, 1 to 3. This is the key. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. How do you know the spirit of God? Every spirit which is behind the preacher. How do you identify a preacher who is of God or of Christ or Antichrist? Listen carefully and judge his teachings. Every spirit that confesses Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. Again, we are confused. Right? Because you'll say, but everybody says Jesus came in the flesh. It was already active in the apostolic age. Even in the apostolic age, it was already active. False prophets and false apostles and false pastors and false teachers and false evangelists, everything is there, causing the people to leave the church. I believe that worked over time when Paul was in the prison to the point all of Asia left majority of the church in Asia, the churches he has established have been permeated by this and they were. It doesn't mean they left the church and stopped worshipping. No, 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 no. They left whichever church was there and started their own churches. Okay. Now, first we need to understand fundamentals again. What separates Or what separated man from God? Sin. If you eat, you will die. That is separation. Man sinned. Matthew 21, The first promise in the Bible. Beginning of redemption. She will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Yeshua. For he will save his people from there. That is salvation. He will save them. 1 John 3, 5. Listen carefully, okay? Don't miss it. You know that he was manifested to take our sins. And in him, there is no sin. Why was he manifested? To take our sins. And in him, there is no sins. Okay? Carefully. Listen carefully. Don't even blink. Because this is one of the most important teachings the church has to receive. How did Jesus come? In the flesh. Romans 8.3. First Timothy 3.16. Hebrews 2, 14, 8 8.3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The law was there. The law was good. But the problem was my flesh was weak. The law is holy. My flesh is weak. The flesh couldn't keep the law. God did by sending his own son. In what? In the same likeness of the sinful flesh on account of sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh. So Jesus came in the same flesh. First Timothy 3.16 For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in? How did Christ come? In the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. God was manifested in the flesh. Hebrews 2.14. Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. Okay, please remember he came in the same flesh. Please don't ever believe anybody who says Jesus' flesh was different. He had the same flesh as us. Okay, if his flesh was different, then we can always say, Oh your flesh was different. You don't know. Hebrews four fifteen. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but at was all pointed, tempted as we are. How can he be tempted as we are? Because the flesh is the same. If his flesh was different, he cannot be tempted like we are. His temptation is different. His temptation was the same. So he came in the exact flesh which we, you and I carry, and he was tempted exactly, actually more than us, was tempted at all points as we are, and yet without sin. How did he manage that? Hebrews 5, 7 onwards. Who in the days of his? He flesh. When he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was hurt because of his godly fear. What did he do during all the days of his flesh? He cried out every day to his father. Said, Daddy, you know the nature of my flesh. I don't want to sin against you. I don't want to sin in anything, Lord. I'm being tempted every day, Lord. Help me to overcome temptation. And the Father helped him every day. Every day. Helped him to die to the flesh and live to the Father. That was his prayer life. Fundamental prayer life was primarily that. And 8 and 9. Though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He suffered. The father also told him, this is what you need to do to overcome your flesh today. This is what you need to do to overcome your flesh. And he's suffering for the flesh. Anything that is spoken against the flesh is suffering for the flesh. And he suffered. We are only told about one point in his life where he fasted for 40 days. We don't know the rest of his life. Because each one's life is different. And each one has to hear from God what to do to mortify your flesh. And he did it. It was terrible suffering for the flesh. And having been perfected, how was he perfected? From the beginning till the end, he overcame flesh, even on the cross. He became the author of eternal salvation to all who, not just believe in him, okay, obey him. So God showed a way. So now the thesis that will save us from the spirit of the Antichrist. He came in the same flesh. He lived every day in the same flesh. He depended upon his father every day. So what was he manifesting? That he was poor in the spirit. That's why he is pronouncing a blessing, which he is experiencing every day in his life. What is that? Blessed is the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And that's how he lived every day. He was poor in the spirit every day. And through the spirit, he put to death the works of the flesh. Every day. Tempted at all points, but did not. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is sin. Jesus was the worst sinner because he was tempted at all points. I don't think I am being tempted at all points because I don't know all points. He knows all points. So, we, because we all were sinners before we came to Christ, we begin not with the life of Christ, we begin with the death of Christ. He died on the cross, when he died on the cross, he became sin for us. He became the propitiation for sin. He became our atonement. So, where does my life begin? My life begins at his death. At his death. And then moves into his resurrection. And then moves into his life. He lived in the flesh on earth. What is the spirit of Christ? Antichrist? The spirit of Antichrist denies that, that one. That you cannot live that life. You cannot be perfected in this life. It denies that. It says God understands. It is okay. It has permeated the entire church, the spirit of the Antichrist. It denies Jesus came in the flesh, that he actually overcame in the flesh, and therefore you and I can overcome in the flesh. It denies that. Now you think about it, you will realize, really, that is true. The whole church believes that. The whole church believes that. Practically 99% of the church believes that. And anybody who preaches against that, they hate them. And they call them a heretic. Think about it. What is the spirit of antichrist? It denies in the church the life of Christ, not the death of Christ. It denies the life of Christ. It exalts the death of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Everybody denies, accepts the death of Christ. Everybody believes in the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives sins. But it denies the life of Jesus Christ. And it is possible to overcome that life. That is what 1 John 4.3 means. That is what it means. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Not of God. Okay? Are you getting it? It all begins with the mind. What is that you receive in your mind? That's what I said. The most difficult part is in the church. When somebody has received a doctrine that is contrary to the word of God, to take it out is so difficult. Romans 12, 2, that is the most, most difficult. That is the key. What is that you really believe? Is what you, do not be conformed to this world by the transformed, by the renewing of your mind. Your mind has to be renewed. Renewed means made new, completely. And 2, 5 says you have the mind of Christ. You need to have the attitude of Christ. You need to have the mind of Christ. Okay. I have two minds. But I should only have one mind. You cannot have two minds. Romans 8, 6 and 7 talks about another mind. Romans 8, 6 and 7. To be carnally minded is... Does not say it will lead you to death. It is death. That mind is death. Why? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. One mind is death. Why? Because it rejects the life of Christ. It does not reject the death of Christ. Please understand that. It does not reject the death of Christ. It rejects the life of Christ. To be spiritually minded is life. When you think, yes, in this life, in this flesh, by the Spirit, I can put to death the works of the flesh, and one day be obedient like him. God says, you are spiritually minded. There is life and there is peace in you. You are on the race. You are not denying the life of my son. You are not just accepting the death of my son. You are also accepting the life of my son. Remember what it says. For the carnal mind is enmity against, it is hostile to God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. It is not subject. So what does the spirit of the Antichrist do in the individual man? And therefore, in the church, it tolerates sin. First, it tolerates sin in the mind. And then later, of course, in the body the problem happens in the mind as long as you don't tolerate it in the mind you will still fight keep fighting it in the body the problem is it tolerates in the mind that's what first uh, second corinthians 10 3 to 5 is talking about though we walk in the flesh how do we walk like jesus did in the flesh but we do not walk according to the So where is the battle going on? A battle has to go in the mind. The weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. They are very mighty. What do you need to do? Five. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into the captivity to the, what to what? Ah, Obedience of Christ. Has to be brought to the obedience of Christ. He is able to save them who obey him. He has become the author of salvation to those who... See, obedience begins in the mind. I am not called to an obedience of myself. I am called and you are called and everyone is called to the obedience of Christ. And we see his life and we see his obedience and God made him perfect and he became the author of salvation. And he says, you were dead in your transgression. So first believe in the death of my son. And then die to yourself in your baptism. Rise up in the resurrection of my son. And now, start living the life of my son. So what happens? The mind is divided. The mind is divided. You have a carnal mind and you have a spiritual mind. What happens when the mind is divided? You tolerate. You say, yeah, it's okay. Everybody falls. God understands. Mind is divided. It's an adulterous mind. It's an adulterous mind. Meaning, it tries to follow Christ, it tries to follow the world. And James 4, 4 will call that person, what? Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know? Friendship with what? The world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. It doesn't begin with actions. It begins with the mind. It begins. We first we have a divided mind, an adulterous mind which is likes Christ, likes the world, tries to receive both things and make them into one. There is no in-between. We don't realize there is no in-between. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. God says there is no in-between. You don't realize? There are only two spirits. Either it is the spirit of Christ or the spirit of the Antichrist. There are only two realms above us. Either it is the realm of God or the realm of the devil. And we think we are walking in the flesh. No, we are separate. God says no. Either one or the other controls you. Understand that. Just because it is not seen does not mean it is not real. Either second or third controls you. Either the spirit of Christ or the spirit of the Antichrist. How is your mind? It begins with the mind. Why was Israel judged and sent into captivity? Because of the spirit of Yeah, They wanted Yahweh and other gods. That was the sin of Jeroboam. You realize everything Good kings were able to do this one thing alone. I think the only one finally who did it was Josiah. Every, what is that? It's a spirit of compromise. God and Baal. God and Baal. They are not saying, no God. That They won't say No church will say that. Just make a little accommodation. Just make accommodations, accommodations, accommodations. That's the spirit of Jeroboam. And every king, even the good ones, struggled with it. Saul struggled with it, fell under it. Solomon gave into it, fell under it. David is the only one who says a man after my own heart. You will see that he may fall in sin. He has no spirit of antichrist in him. He will never worship another God. Never do that. And he says that man, his heart is right, so I can restore him. You'll never see him build an altar to another God. No? You see the physical there to understand the spiritual here. David fell, but he could be restored and finish his race with a bang, according to God's word. Why? His heart was never divided. His mind was never di- He fell in the flesh, but his mind was always whole. The entire gospel of the harlot As opposed the gospel of the bride. Now we are taking the gospel and applying it to the church. There are two gospels. One is the gospel of the bride, which is the gospel of Christ. And the other is the gospel of the harlot, which is the gospel of compromise. Ultimately, to us, the harlot is shown in Revelation 17, 3 to 5. The harlot is shown to us. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of a fornication. And on her forehead, a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. We'll come to this later. So, there is ultimately a church that will arise, which will be the mother of harlots. And there will be, Another church that will arise, invisible, small, much, much smaller, which is called the Bride of Christ. One is empowered by the Spirit of Christ. The other is empowered by the Spirit of Antichrist. But they are growing together. They look alike outwardly. The wheat and the tares. Okay? Wheat and the tares. Romans 8.29 Understand purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. What did he predestined us for? When? Now. Our problem is over there now. No. That is, that is the life we follow. Yeah, I will be confirmed to you. when everybody dies, they will, all. God says no. You are accepting the death of my son and rejecting his life. Get on the race. Get on the road. Get on the road. I want you to be conformed to the image of my son. When? Now. Daily. Daily. It's a battle. It's a battle. But more and more and more and more and more. The life of Christ is increasing. Your self-life is dying, 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 dying. You are being conformed to the image of his son. When? Now. So that he is the firstborn among many brethren. We become the brethren of Jesus Christ. by Because of the image. Because of the image. Let me explain it further. 1st Peter chapter 4. Verse 1 and 2. Therefore since Christ suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourself also with the same mind. So where did he win first? In the mind. The mind. He suffered for us in the, where did he suffer? In his flesh. Our own kind of flesh he came and he suffered in the flesh. And he showed us how you need to win. Arm yourself with the same kind of his thinking. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from. Like he did. He never sinned. Never did. He says, I'm not saying you will one day become like that, but you you should be becoming like that. Ceasing, 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 ceasing. He said, you are being conformed to the image of my son. Do not let anybody, anybody teach you otherwise. If he teaches you otherwise, he is denying Christ Jesus came in the flesh. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. which actually very subtly, nicely tells you, in other words, you cannot be conformed to the image of his son in this life. It's not possible. Be careful. And if you look, that is the teaching. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, that's the lust of flesh, but for the will of God. You understand how subtle the teaching is? How subtle the teaching is? So you need to, under, only. that's why we began all with these three realms, right? The realm of God, the realm of devil, and the realm of man. Two are spiritual, one is physical. And this is impressing upon man. So ultimately, that too is spiritual, this is physical. Like, no, nobody can see it, but inside us, every inch of us is filled with air. The blood is actually taking oxygen into every cell it is taking. Okay, So the spiritual, whether you see it or not, I can't see the oxygen in my cells. Truly, neither can you. I don't think you can see it even under an electron microscope. But it's a reality. So there is, in other words, there is this spirit. Air is breath, is spirit in us. So there are these two spirits. So when a man dies, what is it? No breath. He's dead, right? So primarily, what what do you understand from this? There is a spirit in me which is my life, which is being manifested. Now comes the difficult part, the unpleasant part. On earth, every man, woman, child is manifesting two things. Either he is manifesting Christ in the flesh or he is manifesting Satan in the flesh. And there is no third manifestation. There is no third manifestation. You are either manifesting Christ in the flesh or you are manifesting the Antichrist in the flesh. Either God gets the glory or the devil gets his worship. And he's fine with you exalting yourself. He says, fine, I am manifesting in you. You understand when the Antichrist comes, he will exalt and he will sit in the temple. Who is living through mankind? Satan is living through mankind. Everybody is being empowered either by the spirit of Antichrist or the spirit of Christ. There is nothing in between. Everybody thinks, I am my own man. I do it my own way. <laughs> devil sits there and laughs and says, you do it your own way. That's my way. I live my life through you. So people do not realize how the church has been taken care of. So who is living? It's the question. When you wake up in the morning, the question we ask is, "God, who will live today? You or me. Lord, can I live? God says, you can live. But you know who will live through you. If I am not living through you, he lives through you. It's your choice. I set you before life and death. Choose. I am your life. If I am not your life, he is your life. 1 Peter chapter 2, 18 to 23. As soon as you show this, the spirit of Antichrist. uh Uh-oh. Okay? Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh. Immediately question comes, how can I be submissive to the harsh? Answer, the life of Christ. Life of Christ is submissive to the harsh. For this is commendable. If because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering, or wrongfully. That's the life of Christ. Verse 20. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. This is every situation in your life. How you react will show who's living. Who's living. Verse 22. Who committed no sin? Nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return? When he suffered, he did not threaten. Okay. Do you remember the two, three thieves on both sides of Jesus Christ? You know how they were reviling? Both sides of Jesus Christ, the life of Satan was being manifested. Curses from both sides. And he stood in the middle and the life of God was being manifested. He was blessing. When he was being, he was the one who was being reviled. Nobody was reviling them. He was the one who was being reviled. But when he was being reviled, he is blessing. And these two guys of the life of Christ is being, Satan is being manifested even on the cross. And then one fellow ceases and he turns to Christ. He did not, when he suffered, he did not threaten. See the life of Christ? Now, if you were to show this to people or even to pastors or to the church, immediately the spirit of Antichrist will be manifested. And they will say, it's not possible in this life. You cannot live like that. But if it is not possible, because they will say, oh, but that was Christ. What are you denying? He came in the flesh. Everything you point to Jesus' life and what he did, you see, you see he did it, they will say, that's not possible. Because he did it does not mean I can do it. What are they actually denying? He did not come in the flesh. Do you understand? Because when we think that Jesus did not come in the flesh, we think uh, we are talking about Muslims. Who denies he is the son of God and all that. That is not what it means. That is a different spirit operating outside the church. We are talking about what it really means, what is operating in the church, inside the church. Anything that you show in scripture, what it is possible through the spirit, They will come up and say that's not what it means. And the apostles were greatly always concerned about this deception. Why do you think these apostles, like Paul and all, would say day and night with tears? What were they teaching? You know this life is a very narrow path. You have to understand what is the life of Jesus Christ. and live that life. Is possible live that life, and the wolves will come pull you on to this side or to that side and take you away from the life of the spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 3 1 to 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you so are Sorry and the Christ spirit that should not obey the truth before whose eyes Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of your faith? He says, look at that. How did you begin? Christ, death of Christ. Now, what are you doing now? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made? Underline that word perfect. See, the devil realized with the Galatian church, you cannot take the doctrine of perfection. They understood it. Only thing, he put them into the flesh. Try to be perfect in the flesh. So perfection, he realized this church cannot be. Paul has taught them well. Perfection is the goal in this life. You cannot take it away. These people have got it. Perfection is the goal. You cannot tell them, no, no, you can never be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ in life. You cannot teach them that. They already know it is possible. So he subtly changed and said, you can do it by your flesh. By the works of the law. So flip them over to the other side. One way or other. Either he'll flip you over to the fle- into the works of the flesh of the law or flip you over to the world and say, God understands it is okay. You can mix the world and Christ. Christ has no issues with it. God understands. After all, we are in the world. But God says, you are not of the world. Like I said, if you tell, on the other hand, you can live a life free from sin, they will flip. Please don't flip before your TV's. 1 John chapter 3, 8 to 10. He who sins is of the devil. What do you say? But everybody sins. God says no. Everybody doesn't sin. You can reach a point where you stop sinning. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. What is the works of the devil? To keep you sinning and keep you in sin. That is the work of the devil. What is the work of the devil inside man? Keep you. How does he keep you sinning? By tempting you. And you fall into that temptation. And keep you in sin and keep you sinning. That is the work of the devil. Why does Christ Jesus manifested? To destroy the works of the devil. And see now from 9 to 10. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Meaning there is a possibility where you will reach that. In this the children of God and the children of devil are manifested, divided. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he that does not love his brother. What is the opposite of practice of righteousness? Practice of unrighteousness. What is it? He says. He says. Don't get fooled. Don't get fooled. That's why first I say, first and above all, in your mind, you need to have the right goal. What is possible in Christ? And Paul says, all things are possible in Christ. I can do all things in Christ. Don't look at ministry. Look inward into life and says, yes, I can. Die to myself. Through the Spirit and allow Christ to reign. So every church, any church, any individual needs to have a have a goal. When we all get saved, let's imagine a new imagine this is a new church, we all get saved on the same day, and we all have come in, and I am the pastor. Everyone looks alike. They all believe the same thing, and it is true that they have been forgiven, redeemed, cleansed by the blood of Jesus, forgiven, all are happy. That's the joy of salvation. After that begins the walk. What is the walk of faith? That is the life of Jesus manifested in the flesh. What is the walk of faith? It is the life of Jesus Christ manifested in the flesh. Because once one is convinced, sorry, converted, it doesn't mean one becomes perfect overnight. No. But you need to know, Philippians 1, six. it should stand as a signpost in your soul. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it, complete it until. until. It does not say he will complete it on the day of Christ. That would meaning would be completely different. I am saved. Hallelujah. When will I be perfect? When Jesus comes, I will be perfect. So I don't have to worry. God understands. I can do my own thing. That's not what it says. He will complete it until the day of Christ. And On the day of Christ, it will be manifested how much of the work was completed. Each one's life, it will be shown how much. So as stars differ in glory. So will be the saints, depending upon how much of the work of Christ was completed in us. So there is a goal and there is a trajectory. You are now directed towards God. You are living the life of Jesus Christ in the flesh. The life of Jesus. And Hebrews 7.25. You realize this, understand this, and like Christ went to his father every day. And God saved him every day. From what? Sinning. He did not save him from temptation. Saved him from succumbing to temptation. Saved him from sinning. He did not save him from temptation. As long as you are in the flesh, you have temptation. But he saved him every day from sinning. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. He went to God through the Spirit. Father saved him every day. So that's Hebrews we saw 5-7, the way he cried out and he prayed and the father saved him. And he was obedient, obedient. The father would also tell him practical things, what you need to do. You need to realize, Lord, save me from this temptation. God will say, do this. The question is, will we obey? Because it is, it is suffering to the flesh. Simple simple, big examples are there in life of people. But simple example, I told you, I had to decide between fiction of the world and Christian fiction, and non-fiction. I had to make a simple decision. And it was suffering, and lots of money had been poured into those books. Tens and thousands had been spent on those books, and had enjoyed those books. And sometimes my flesh started arguing, All say, hey, look, there's nothing wrong in that book. There's no sex there. There's no bad language there. What's your problem with that book? But the Spirit of God is saying, that's true, but not fully true. There is an ideology permeating through that book, which does not agree with my spirit. So throw that book also out. It's painful. It's very painful. Meaning for each one, when, the Bible, when you go to the Lord like Jesus did, he will deal with us. The Spirit of God will deal with us. And we have to obey. That is what scripture says. He suffered. Where is the suffering all in? In the flesh. He suffered. He suffered in the flesh. Now this is not like, like I can say one cap fits all. Because each one of us is different. What the Holy Spirit says to me. And the Holy Spirit says to you. Will be completely different. To David what was said. is not the panacea for everybody. To David he said. You know David. You have been up to nonsense in one area in your life so I have a solution for you you really really want to die to flesh in this one area write it and publicize it that is Psalm 51 At the time Psalm 51 was written everybody knew and he died to the flesh he was dead in his case that was what was told Even King Saul could have gone that way. stood before the people and said, I goofed up. I goofed up. I'm so sorry. Please don't think about me. This is who I am. I goofed up. And bring Agag, bring, kill it. Lord, have mercy on me. He says, you know, said, he told uh, Samuel, Shh, hide me from the people. He's not willing to die to this self. See, dying to this self is a very painful thing. Very, very painful thing. We think it is easy. It is only easy in the spirit. People would rather give up everything else than give up self. That's why two things are mentioned over there. What is that? One, practice righteousness. And two, love your brother. You can practice righteousness without loving your brother. You know that, right? In practice, right? God says, "Still, it doesn't work." That is what you read first Corinthians chapter thirteen, the first three verses. What all you can do? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, so for all people who deny tongues, there is something called tongues of angels. Angels have an angelic tongue. So when God gives you the gift of tongues, people say it has to be the tongue of man. No, there's a tongue of angels also. So Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, I think he spoke two or three languages. Probably he spoke Greek and uh, Aramic and uh, Hebrew and all, and the tongues of angels too. But I have not love. I'm just a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal too. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could move mountains, have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Boy, he gave up everything. Charity. Like people look and say, wow, look at Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. Spawn of the devil. Look at their actual, in-depth, Destroying work they are doing. And they will say they have in their lifetime they would have given up all their money for good of humanity. Though I give my body to be burned, 40 day fasting, 21 day fasting, and hate your brother. You know there are people like that in the church. 40 day fasting, 20 nasty, mean mouthed people. But I don't know, I'm on a 40 day fast. For what? That's giving your body to be burned. But what are you fasting for? Your attitude hasn't changed all this year. You're still the same stinky old person you always were. And have not love. It profits me. Two things the Bible is talking about. Practicing righteousness. And understand, your deep inside your spirit, everything is motivated by the love of God. Love of God. And you see that even on the cross. You see the, you see the doctrine of the devil, spirit of antichrist, that it's okay. You don't have to love your brother. That does, every, you can't love everybody. God understands. I understand. You don't have to love everybody. I understand. No, God says no. That's not what I said. I said you don't have to love with everybody. <laughs> but you need to love everybody. You need to pray for your enemies. You need to bless your enemies. The opportunity comes. You need to bless your enemies. See, they say that's not possible. Are you getting the picture? Spirit of Antichrist. Then comes the teaching of overcoming. Okay. All have got saved. They are all in the church. And the teaching of overcoming comes. And then you read the Bible. In the book of Revelation, you realize everything is promised only to the overcomer. Oh, then crack starts appearing even more. Overcome? Yeah, what should you overcome? Sin? Romans 6 verses 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Because you know what? When you preach these things, they will say you are a legalist. You are a perfectionist. It's not possible. But this is what is written. And pastors will say, don't tone doubt, don't down, don't doubt, don't Don't be so hard. People will leave. Turn to Romans chapter 7. Yeah, we are in 6, right? Let's go to 7. Verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? The question is, is there that cry? See, if there there is no such cry about sin in the new man, who is struggling with the old man, why should God deliver you? How can you have that cry when they have said it is okay, everybody sins? Are you understanding how the water has been poured on into the true gospel of Jesus Christ? Here is a man talking about wretched man I am, wretched man. God says, yeah, walk like that. I saw, I saw, I've seen David. The guy doesn't sleep. He said, all my t- pillow is wet with tears. Nobody says, when he comes out, he looks normal. Everybody says, wow, king is very happy. The king is not happy, he is miserable. And that's a wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who is that body of death? His old flesh. He looks at his flesh and says, Lord, every day I am falling in the flesh. What do I do? Who will deliver me? I thank God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And now go to eight. One, then you will realize what he means. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For whom there is no condemnation? Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. How did that, how, did that walk? The way Jesus walked. But you know, in NIV, all this translation takes that part off. Because it suits them. It suits them. Because that's half the gospel. Half the gospel means half your body will reach heaven. The other half will be not there. Because you need salvation for the full man, no? Look how, how we have been deceived in the churches. We all heard this. We all swallowed it for a long time and thought this is true. But the Bible says this is not, this is not condemnation. He says, but you need to be on the, on your money about this thing. There should be this grief. It should be this sorrow. It's so not that in one day you will become this, but every time you fall, what happens is there is a hardening that takes place if you don't mourn. The effect of sin, which is falling short of God, that is having in your soul is getting lightened and lightened and lightened and lightened. That is the danger and that should not happen. Remember the first blessing that was pronounced by Jesus Christ? Blessed are the, the next one, 5-4. Second one, how do you know you're poor in the spirit? How do you know, blessed are those, how do you know you're poor in the spirit? Because when you fall, you mourn. You mourn. You mourn. That's why that's one is put immediately number two. Blessed are those who mourn. But do you see mourning people today? You see celebrating people. Celebrating their sin. Celebrating their lifestyle. Celebrating their attitudes. And God says, no, you haven't understood the life of my son. What are you, what are you mourning over? Mourning over meaning Christ died for me. He lived for me. He rose from death. The power of sin can be broken over my life. And I fall. I'm mourning, Lord. I'm not approaching the life of your son. It's like a father who mourns. And he sees his son wasting his money. <laughs> He's just drinking it away. He's just wasting your life away. And you mourn over it and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I know, Lord. I know, Lord, this is possible. I'm not bringing you any pleasure, Lord. I should be bringing you pleasure because that is the life of faith that overcomes sin. I'm not bringing you any joy. Every day when I look at there, I look at, I bring you grief. And there is a mourning. Because what is the life of faith? It's a life that overcomes the world. If you overcome the world, you have overcome the prince of the world and you have overcome your flesh also because these three are connected. You cannot overcome the flesh, overcome the world and say I was defeated to the devil. No, if you overcome the world, you have defeated the devil. If you have overcome the world, you have overcome the flesh because these three are absolutely, totally intertwined. The devil, the world and the flesh. So you see cracks appear. Divided minds and divided hearts. Divided lives. What do you have? The harlot church is being prepared. That is what John was talking about. 1 John 2, 18 and 19. A harlot church is being prepared. What does he say? Little children, it is the last hour. As you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even though now many Antichrists have come by which we know it is the last hour. They went out from us. They went out. And what did they start? They started another church. And it's much bigger. Lots of crowds. Because it's very easy to receive that message. You don't have to die to yourself. You live it out. God loves you. He understands you. This is his will for you. Packed churches. John the Apostle is trying to build a church and he's got 50 people or 25 people. People who left there and started a parallel church and they have 2,500 people. And you look at the message, it's absolutely different. But they use the same book. They're not preaching from another Bible. They're preaching from the same Bible. Are we getting it? They leave. Now it is very easy to leave because everybody is incognito. (laughs) You are only watching online. That doesn't mean you belong to anything or anybody. Only God knows. And they start, these churches, and if you look at the nature of these churches, they are very democratic. Even if there is only one pastor, senior pastor, it's very democratic. Meaning? Meaning? At the end of the church service, there is a note given. You can write your preferences. We will change accordingly. They call it people friendly. So democratic does not mean you have an entire set of people, elected members who make decisions. That is democratic. And there is this one pastor. So that is, no, there are many churches run by one pastor with a few elders, but it is very democratic. It is run according to the wishes of the people. How long do you want the service? What kind of songs do you want? Should How do you think I can improve on my message? Real things that have been happening for years. Very democratic. What is that church in the Bible? Church of? Laodicea. The will of the people. The will of the people. Do you know that's how churches are run? The will of the people and not the will of God? you know even the Catholic Church is very democratic? Very democratic. Do you know that? Even the Pope is elected by two thirds of the cardinals. Yeah, that's where you, they wait for the white smoke. White smoke comes, new Pope has been elected. That means two thirds, till then they will keep on voting, until two thirds of the Collegium of Cardinals are eligible to vote, until two thirds of them agree on one. How democratic setup it is. Let me ask you this question. In the midst of this pandemic that was created, in which a lot of people had their hands in, America was completely diverted because another drama was going on in the Congress. What was that? Impeachment of? He was not impeached. To impeach the President of America, what do you need? Two-thirds. Two-thirds. Majority. To change the Constitution of India, what do you need? Two-thirds. Two-thirds. Very democratic. Two-thirds. Churches are run that way. Very democratic. Do you know that with two-thirds you can change almost any law in any country? Even if it is absolutely democratic. you are not talk- talking about totalitarian regimes. Democratic. I mean, a church with two-thirds majority of the congregation who are allowed to vote can change any bylaws of the church. A church for 300 years which opposed homosexuality can suddenly accept homosexuality if you change the bylaws. And even ordain gay clergy. That's what has happened. The Harlot Church. Revelation 17.3 He carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting where is this woman she's sitting on a scarlet beast she's sitting on a beast meaning she and the world has become one the world is carrying her ideas are the same spirit is the same this church is sitting on the beast this church is not seated with christ this church is seated with the beast wow how interesting right revelation 13:18 this is the harlot and her daughters. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is a number of A. It's a number of A. It's a man's number. God says It's not a difficult thing. You can count the number. What is the number? What is the number? That's two-thirds to change any law. What is 666? If tomorrow two-thirds of the parliament of India decides, India becomes a Hindu nation. If tomorrow two-thirds of the Congress and the two-thirds of the Senate decides, anything can be changed there. Christianity can be banned. Constitution can be amended. And when the Antichrist comes, what did Daniel say? He will change the laws. How does the law change? Using man. What's the number of that man? Two-thirds. How do churches function? Two-thirds. The bylaws of all the churches have been changed to align it with, serve with the world. That's what the split is occurring everywhere. You know what? All these people who talk within the church and all, you know the basic spirit that moves them is the spirit of the Antichrist. We want to be more democratic. Forgetting that we are in a kingdom. and We uphold the word of God and says we will not turn to the left or to the right. I'm sorry. This is the way it is. Yet we love through it all. You know the spirit that motivates people, activates, they all become fighting for a cause. What cause? Whose cause? Harlot and her daughters, the Bible says. That's the devil's strategy, very simple strategy, and it's been working very successfully. It's almost come to the point Very soon, the Antichrist will be ready to come because the Harlot Church will receive him. I told you, he will not come like the devil. The Bible is very clear. He comes like the angel of light and his servants are dressed like servants of righteousness. Of course. What righteousness they talk about? Righteousness from the death of Christ. They will never talk about the righteousness from the love of Christ, for the life of Christ. They will not. Because that doesn't fit in with their agenda. Stay away from the world. You are in the world. You don't belong to the world. Don't hanger after money. Don't name it, claim it, name it. This is not the life. Die to yourself. How will the churches prosper then? What is left for them? Because these are hucksters. You look at the gospel, you will realize, is. once you understand what is the spirit of the Antichrist, he denies Jesus came in the flesh. Let us get into core part even. Wives submit to the husbands and all things as unto the Lord. You know what every woman will say? It's not possible. Husbands, love your wives as Christ Jesus loved. What will every husband say? It's not possible. You know why? Because you have swallowed a lie that Jesus did not come in the flesh. Children, obey your parents as unto the Lord. Oh, it's not possible. Today's children are not. Who told you? Who told? You know why? Because we believed a lie. We believed in the death of Jesus Christ. We don't believe he came in the flesh. So we conveniently take it off and say, no, 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 no. Matthew sixteen twenty-four. And Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone decides to come after him, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. You have denied yourself. You picked your cross and died to yourself. Then how do you follow him? What is left? See, if he's left it at that, it still like, sounds like a mystery. But he said, follow me. So who is following him? Yes, the life of Christ is now following him. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. Pick up your cross and follow me. One eighteen. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, oh, To us who were saved, it was meaning one time when I believed, oh, the cross was very powerful in my life. Thank you, Lord, you died for me. That's not what it's saying. Those who are being saved, the cross, the message of the cross is the power of God. What is the message of the cross? Pick up your cross and die daily. The life of Christ will be manifested in you. That's the power. But it is foolishness to all those who are perishing. They reject that message. They reject the message of that cross. You know, that's what Paul will say in Philippians. To my sorrow, I am telling you, they are enemies of the cross. God is their belly. And they are going into perdition. To whom is he writing? Not in the world, the people in the church. He said they have taken the message of the Antichrist. The enemies of the cross. They are living their lives. They are not living. They have taken the death of Jesus Christ saying, when I die, I want to go to heaven. But when I live, be very sure I am living my life and not your life. God says, you are mistaken. You are not going anywhere. You are not going anywhere. You know how we have swallowed the lie of the enemy? And this is the battle the apostles were fighting from day one, even Jesus in his days. Either Christ is manifested in the flesh, Or Satan is manifested in the flesh. And when Satan is manifested in the flesh, we mourn. We mourn. We just don't mourn for our sin. More than, Lord, I allowed your enemy, your enemy to live through me. Mourning is at different levels. I allowed your enemy to live in me and through me, Lord. Think about it. Galatians 5.24 Those who are Christ what have they done? They have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. That's why he said pick up your cross daily. He says, every day you have this choice. die to self and let I live. Or you live and Satan lives through you and I am absent. 614. For God forbid I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So I have died, the world has died. Okay. Now, these verses should not become familiar. These are some of the most important verses for a child of God after salvation. The practicality of walking in the Spirit. These are the verses that should define our life, that define Paul's life. So the bride understands that everything of the flesh is judged. And if everything of the flesh has to be judged, how do you judge it? You can only judge it with word of God. Without the word of God, what do I judge? How do I judge my flesh? Right? Remember Hebrews 4.12? How do I judge? The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two us, or piercing even to the division of the soul and the it, the, it, it can be like, like I say Like I said, sometimes the division of the soul and the, it can come from here from the soul. This is the soul, this is the spirit. It is coming from here, meaning it is so close to the spirit and yet is not of the spirit. Okay. You know the altar of incense in the holy place? It was, it was very close to the Yet it was not the act of God. It was the act of man. It was the prayers of man and not the prayer of Christ. It was so close. It was so close. It can be so. Meaning as you grow in the Lord, he will start showing you and it will be something which you did always and it was so good and so effective. He will say, okay, I tolerated it for a long time because you were not ready yet to know the division. Now that you know your division, stop it. Stop it. That's not the life of my son. That's still your life. That's still your life. I'm talking about growing in the Lord. Still your life, not my life. Are you getting it? So, the bride is always hungry for the word keen for the word because she knows it's only through the word she'll be able to identify because now you are overcoming sin, overcoming sin, overcoming sin, overcoming sin, overcoming sin, but you still know every day when you wake up, the flesh is alive. Now what happens? The good flesh arises because the flesh also has good and evil. Now the flesh will not deceive you with evil. It will deceive you with good. So you need even more discernment now because it is easy to discern evil. It's easy, meaning you walked in the good will of God. That is easy, bad, and good. Then pleasing, pleasing, displeasing. Now it is perfect. It is perfect. If Jesus was made perfect. Please remember, he was made perfect by his obedience. And when you had to be made perfect, it was going to be on the cross. And his flesh hated that most. That is why his greatest struggle was with perfection. Not with the good will of God or the pleasing will of God. His greatest struggle was the perfect will of God. Where was he actually technically made perfect to the will of God? For this purpose I have come. That was what was the perfect will of God? That he should die, not only that he should live sinless, he should now die sinless. And that his flesh hated. The flesh was okay so far. Okay, you are living sinless. Fine, fine. I can tolerate that. What do you mean to that? You are going to die? A man who lives sinless should live forever. He should not die. Right? But that was not. He had to become sinful man, and his flesh was fighting it. The good in his flesh was fighting it. And he was sweating blood. His biggest struggle. To the point, he, the son of God who came in the flesh, asked his father three times. Okay? Cutting. I am putting all the looks like impossible, nothing that word of God writes is impossible it's so that we don't get complacent about our walk with God so the bride is always truly truly hungry for the word why? Hebrews 5 13 she knows what the word is, for anyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of, what is his word? It is a word of righteousness. When this word becomes my life, what do I become each day? Declared more and more. So this word is the only thing when used by the spirit and the life of Christ is manifested which declares me righteous. I am growing in righteousness. That is why Paul is able to say, I will get the crown of righteousness. I allowed his work to be done in me. So what is the word of God? For the bride, it is the word of righteousness. It's the word of righteousness. Now go to Matthew 5 and verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for. Where does it come from? From the word and the spirit. Do you see what Jesus is changing, entirely changing the dynamics of how they understood the kingdom? Blessed is the poor in the spirit. Blessed are those who mourn when they don't satisfy the life of Christ in them. And they realize, oh my Lord. And the Lord, the only way I can is, Lord, I need that word of righteousness. Cutting between the soul and the spirit, Lord. I have been called to live in the spirit, Lord. And you are hungry and thirsty for that word of righteousness. And God says, you shall be filled. You will never lack. I will give you food. I will open up my word for you. You can sit with my word. I will show you what you need and you will be fed and you will be satisfied. Are we getting the picture? That's the only way you will know. There's no other way. Whether it is the spirit of Christ or the spirit of Antichrist. By the sword of the spirit we judge our attitudes, our thoughts, our actions because the spirit matters. Only the Spirit can show it through the Word. You see, the builders, harlot builders during Jesus' time was the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the building, the, the, the temple. They were the builders of the harlot. Outwardly perfect. Inwardly, they hated Christ. Think about it. If their inward life and outward life was the same, why did they hate Christ? Why would they want to hate Christ? Because he is the epitome of all what the spirit of the law represented. Why did they hate him? If they hated him so much, what were they building? That is why the temple was completely destroyed and burned to the ground, unlike the other temples. Unlike the other temples, something and all was remaining. This one, every stone was removed. Why? Because this was built by them. It was a symbol of halatric. And you know what they loved? They loved money. They loved reputation. They loved sitting at those big, big, high, high places. They loved being greeted reverend on the street. They loved all these things. You know? They would have been... Tickled, ping, and accepted Jesus every time he spoke. And after that, he said, reverend, could you please come and share five minutes? They would have accepted him, but he refused. He refused. You sit there, you can ask questions. You're not going to share from my pulpit. I know your spirit. I'm not saying your word is wrong, but I know your spirit is wrong. Your spirit is wrong. The bride understands. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. You see it lusts against the spirit. That is why it is so important that you know your spirit and the division between the soul and the spirit because the soul can fool you. The soul and the flesh were together for a long time before you got saved. So the soul can be deceived. (laughs) Soul can be deceived because they were (laughs) batchmates. They shared the same room in the hospital. They ate from the same plate. And then the spirit came. Now the problem is, you have to know the division, and the flesh hates us. The, the flesh hates the spirit. The flesh hates the spirit. So you have the bride, and you have the harlot. The harlot is a divided mind, and ultimately becomes a divided body. Tries to please God, loves the world. The harlot is developing and developing and growing and growing and developing. And when it comes to its fullness, the Antichrist will come. And she will welcome him. Talia, Talia, Talia. But he doesn't come as Antichrist. He comes as Christ. And he speaks the gospel of peace. And the gospel of safety. The gospel of prosperity. The gospel of forgiveness of sins. Without obedience. You see, they don't take away anything from the word, they just omit it in their preaching. And unless you know your word, you will not understand it. They will preach faith, 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 faith. And the Bible is full of faith. But they will not talk about the obedience that comes from faith. That they will leave it out. So that's a dangerous for their doctrine. They will talk about grace, 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 radical grace, grace, grace that forgives sins, and they will not talk about grace that overcomes sins. So that doesn't suit them. To understand how does she function? Revelation seventeen five, the harlot, and Revelation eighteen twenty three. On ahead, a name was written: Mystery Babylon, the great, the great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Can I go to KJV there? This is seventeen. Yeah. This is KJV. Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations. Who is she? She's the mother of? And what is her abomination? Her abomination is adultery. Right? That's her abomination. She makes the world to come into the church. Revelation 18.23. The light of the Lamb shall not shine in you anymore. The voice of the Bridegroom and Bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were great men of the earth. And by your... So how were they deceived? They are deceived by sorcery. Adultery and sorcery. A mixing of kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. And the power that was operating was not the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the power of sorcery. Bewitching spirit. Oh, Galatians who has you. Ultimately, if you ask, what is adultery? In simple terms, it's a division of your heart between two men. If you are a wife, a married woman, what's adultery? A division of your heart with two men. So like I said, the Harlot Church is built on compromise. A mixing of heavenly things with earthly things. Let's uh, go to verse four of seventeen. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones, pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of a fornication. Okay, we saw adultery is fornication. The question is, when she offered these doctrines to people. Of compromise. Why did they drink it? Why did they drink this? Why did they drink this? Because it was offered in a golden cup. The golden cup is the word of God. It was not offered in a dirty cup. It was offered with the legitimacy of the pulpit. And they lifted the word of God up. It was offered in a golden cup. The problem is people did not look inside what was the spirit. The spirit was sorcery. That's why they drank with confidence. You know, even in mainline churches and all, they lift the cup up. Golden cup. It's not the cup. It's what's in the cup. That's going to save you. did not have the discernment to look at the word and the spirit behind the word. Jesus' final temptation in the wilderness, even Satan lifted up the golden cup. but Jesus discerned the spirit behind that cup. He said, it is written. He was lifting up the golden cup. It is written. Oh, Jesus, I know. I know your word. God has magnified his word above all his name. Let me magnify his word. It is written. Jesus understood the spirit behind it. He said, it is also written. That's what the spirit tells me. Yours is sorcery. Mine is the spirit of God. You're not going to fool me. That's why in 1 John 4, 1 scripture says, Test the spirits. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits, whether they are of God. Test it. Where is this taking? If I receive this, where is it taking me? Is it taking me to the world? Or is it taking me to Christ? If I receive it, what am I lifting? Am I lifting self? Or am I lifting Christ? Ask this question. If... Where do I go if I receive it? Am I going more and more into the world? Or there is a sanctification taking place which is proving to me that I am not of the world? Not of the world. Or am I lifting self? Or it is death to self and the lifting of Christ. Getting the picture? John 13, 36. 18, 36. Jesus' words. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. The harlot church sells the kingdom as of this world. That's the difference. Jesus made very clearly, my kingdom is not of this world. Do you know the harlot church? The harlot is riding on the beast? She's riding on the beast, meaning she and the world has become one. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Not of this world. The old man and Christ. You know, what the Harlot Church is trying to do? (laughs) She's trying to get the old man, that's the flesh, and the spirit to fornicate. Let's put me in blunt words. That's what she's trying to do. and People don't even realize it. The Holy Spirit. There's nothing good in my flesh. That's what Paul says. And the church says, that's okay. It's okay. You can live, you can lead your life. It's okay. God understands. The Bible says the spirit inside you craves intensely. Do you see how the spirit of Antichrist has permeated the church? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this. But the Hullet church says, the world, she's sitting on the world. Do you know when Jesus was arrested and was going on the way to his crucifixion, what happened in Luke 23 and verse 12? That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other. For previously they had been an enmity with each other. Do you know who brought them all together? The Pharisees. Three people are now united. Three groups are now united against Christ. Who is that? The religious group and the secular group. The government. Herod, Pilate, Pharisees all have become macha macha now. All united against whom? Christ. The harlot riding the beast. That's why it said, "It is adultery, the cup of fornication, and the cup of sorcery." What is the other side? Sorcery. And what did God tell through Samuel fifteen twenty two? What is the manifestation of sorcery? Rebellion. What is the entire nature of the church or the world? It's rebellion. You can't get anybody to do anything. They won't listen. It's rebellion. It's rebellion. For rebellion is the sinner which witchcraft. sorcery. That's what you see manifested. Rebellion. Rebellion against what? Against God. You know what sorcery actually is? You know when people resort to sorcery without even realizing they are resorting to sorcery. What is sorcery? Sorcery is wanting or trying to get what God has promised without doing it God's way. That's sorcery. That's sorcery. What is sorcery? Why do you go, people go to sorcerers? They want something. I want a blessing. What to do? Here, take your money. Take it. Your blessing. Tie it around your hand and go. You know, sorcery has, has uh, crept into the church. Name it. Claim it. Receive it, you don't have to obey it. You know what that is? Sorcery. What does the Bible say? If you are willing and obedient. That's the problem. By her sorcery, she has deceived all the nations. Are you understanding the danger? People all wanted, everybody was excited after yesterday. A lot of people were asking, waiting to know about the spirit of Antichrist. Are you excited now? We all struggle with this. How much we have swallowed in, how much the spirit of Antichrist holds sway. Like I said, the harlot does not oppose. She just omits. She just omits. Romans 1-5. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for what? Yes. If you are given them in their Bible, they'll take that obedience off. Apostles for faith. She just omits the word obedience and just talks about faith. Yes. Faith without obedience is very exciting and very palatable. This is the will of God for you, Peter. This is the promise. I have a promise for you, Peter. You can receive it now. Believe in it. Claim it. Confess it. Is it true? Half true, yes. Believe it. When your salvation comes from believing and confession, but there is no repentance or obedience in it at all. You know how sorcery works? It's magical. This is giving you one little example, that's all. The harlot preaches faith without obedience. In Martin Luther's preface to the book of Romans, this is what he says. It is just as impossible to separate works of faith, works from faith, as it is to separate heat and light from fire or to separate the two sides of a leaf. That is, if you believe you have works, and this excludes obedience, it is sorcery. If you believe that Jesus died for you, you will no longer live for yourself, but for him who died for you and rose again. You cannot have one without the other. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15. Through him, for the love of Christ compels us. Because we judged thus: If one died for all, then all died. Thank you, Lord. That's my salvation. And he died for all. And those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. Once this comes in, half the crowd leaves the church. They want his salvation. That when I die, I want to go to heaven. But I don't want to live for you. I don't want to live for you. Don't tell me. I cannot live my life. The harlot Babylon faith is pure sorcery. Something that does not affect your personal lives, inward life, your thoughts, your attitudes, and your decisions. It does not affect it. Only outward. Please remember, without the golden cup, she cannot keep the people drinking for so long. She needs the cup. But denies the spirit or the power of God. Getting it? I think that's enough for today. Take some time to digest this. We'll continue. Galatians 2.20 and we shall stop. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live. They clear? In the... I am living a life in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. Yet it's not I who love. It's he who loves. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Anything short of this is sorcery. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is the bride. This is the bride. And this is our struggle. Our struggle is not the first part. He died for all. But I'm okay. Thank you Lord. You died for me. He says, okay, you like that message, James? Yes, daddy, I love that message. Okay, now how about you dying for me? Oh, please, Lord. I just got married, Lord. I, you know, remember all those people when Jesus said, follow me. You, do you know what the excuses mean? I have to live my life. Like, come on, Lord, I just got married. I just bought a land. I just bought two oxen. What is all that symbolizing? Your life. They said, Lord, we love you, we love that you died for me. I'm so happy, Lord, when I die, I will go to heaven. God said, what about following me? Please, Lord, I have so many things. You know, I have this career. I planned it out for so long, Lord. Okay. You know? The cross? That's why Jesus said, you cannot be a disciple. And the problem is, the kingdom of God, people don't understand, in the kingdom of God, there are only disciples. There is nobody else. Only people who come through the fire, I believe, are the people like the thief on the right hand, one side, who died, saved and God died. If you got saved and if you live sometime, sooner or later, you have to come to this crossroad. You're gonna live for God or live for yourself, and they will go two different ways. Everybody, as far as I know. But if you, deathbed salvation is there in millions. That is coming through the fire. Or pending at the last moment with the, all the tribals and the floggings and the, everything, sickness, ICU, oxygen mask, everything, they come through. You are not talking about that. If you really have come to the Lord, at somewhere you will come to this crossroad. You have to choose whose life, my life or your life. And if we choose our life, we will go further and further away. And We don't realize you are part of the Harlot Church. And they will keep you this golden cup every day. They will keep you to drink. But what are you drinking? fornication with the world. And what are they doing? The power that is operating over you is not the power of the Holy Spirit. It is sorcery. Meaning, they will have a word of knowledge, they will have a word of wisdom, they will prophesy, there will be signs, there will be wonders, there will be miracles, everything. Source is sorcery. On this other side, you will have all these things, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, you will have a prophecy, you will have miracles. Source is the Holy Spirit. That's why scripture says you will come with lying wonders. God allows them to go into that delusion. Why? Because they did not receive the love of and what is the real truth? No man lives for himself. No man. That's the truth. Christ lives in me. And Paul understood. That man understood. That was why he was persecuted. That's why all the church he established left him. Because he understood. They understood. And he understood this truth. And he was rebelling. Never willing to compromise. He said, no way compromise. I'll die alone in chains in prison if I have to. I ain't going to compromise on Christ. This is the truth. And the truth has outlived him. He died and went. But it is preserved by God. Because he said, here is one man who lived my life on earth. Who understood the mystery of godliness. What is the mystery of godliness? It's the life of Christ. Lived in a man. and Any man, any church... That teachers, Christ Jesus did not come in the flesh, is the spirit of? And the Christ. That's how they make the excuse. Amen? Let us pray. Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yes, Lord, it's a tough word, but it's a true word. There's only one life that is offered, that is acceptable before thee. That's the life of Christ. It's not my life or any man or woman's life. Only the life of Christ Jesus. And that is the life of faith. That is where the division of the spirit and the soul happens. That is where we hear from the spirit of God. We die to ourselves. And we live for you. There is no other life offered, Lord. Because every other life is animated by the power of the devil. The spirit of fornication the spirit of sorcery, the spirit of the Antichrist, It is the spirit of this world. The spirit of Christ, the spirit of God offers only one life. It is the life of Christ. And that's why your word says, my just shall live by faith. Faith unto faith. And it comes from hearing. And hearing from the word. And when the hearing of the word comes, the sword is cutting us asunder, Lord. Dividing the spirit and the soul. And I pray, Father, it will continue to divide us, O oh Lord, until there is nothing of us left. And we can truly, truly be able to say one day, I see my crown of righteousness. For I have finished my race. I kept the faith. I fought this good fight of faith. And I kept it. I look into my heart. It's consumed by the love of God. And I walked by faith. What is left for me and for all who are longing for a Christ is the crown of righteousness. Help us to see life in only those terms, Lord, because there is no other life outside that. It's all death. It's all false. Help your people. Open our eyes, so Lord, we do not drink from that golden cup that is filled with the filth and the abominations of this world. Deception and sorcery. Full of, full of self. Nothing of Christ. Yet offered with a very good, nice covering of the word. With high lecterns and gold-gilded vestments. but offered the life of the devil. Not the life of God. Help us to judge ourselves daily, Lord, the light of your word and your spirit. Pick up our cross daily and follow you. Make no excuses about following you. Thank you, Father. To that end, I commit the church into thy hands. We surrender ourselves into thy hands. Be with us and keep us, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and amen.